On yesterday's podcast, we talked a little bit about the myths associated with the diagnosis of dissociative disorder, um, or any of the dissociative disorders. And today we're gonna talk a little bit more about some of the causes, or, or mm -hmm. at least risk factors associated with it. Right. And one of those risk factors was something, or one of the main risk factors that mm -hmm. we uh, actually talked about yesterday, and that is a history of trauma, trauma. and or abuse. Some kind of trauma, right. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is the one of the essential features, mm -hmm. and we talked about that yesterday and the day before, right. that when you start to um, it start to move into this area, this uh, uh, diagnostic mm -hmm. area, that trauma has to be there somewhere. Right. And uh, that's one of the differences that we look for, mm -hmm. is that, if there's no history of trauma, you have to be real careful about this diagnosis. People are making it, uh, sometimes they make it on themselves. They dial up Dr. Google and mm -hmm. say, oh, I have, I have this or I have that, one of the dissociative disorders. But there's no history of trauma or no right. significant history of trauma that we know of. Right, mm -hmm. right. So, so one of the key features, or um, you know, in, in many ways it is the key feature mm -hmm. for, for making this diagnosis is that history of trauma. And it could right. be, um, it, it is oftentimes trauma experienced in childhood, right. um, mm -hmm. though it can, it, it can occur later in life as well, but primarily it's, it's during childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and also it's often associated with chronic abuse. Right. So abuse that happens right. over time. It's not, you know, not a, a one not time. Not a single episode. Right, right. right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's usually uh, over, over a period of time. So, so that, from the diagnostic perspective, that part is, is pretty um, critical. Now, some of the risk factors that we're gonna, kind of, we're gonna mention here help explain perhaps why some people who experience such a trauma may experience uh, a dissociative disorder and mm -hmm. other people who experience similar trauma don't. Right, right. Yeah, because as with most of these disorders, there's a biological predisposition, right. okay? So you just happen, that's just the way your brain works, mm -hmm. and we inherit our brain chemistry from our parents, and we have no control over that. But you may have a biological risk, biological predisposition right. for um, this kind of, um, we call it splitting, but we have to be careful about that too. Right, right. Um, this kind of separation, mm -hmm. uh, separate parts of ourselves. Right, right. <coughs> One of the reasons why uh, dissociative disorders emerge or um, are, are rooted in trauma in childhood is, is because some of the other risk factors, right. and, and that is children are less, um, their, their brains are less mature, and mm -hmm. because their brains are less mature, they're more susceptible to some of that um, fracturing, some right. of that uh, splitting, and so they're very susceptible to uh, the trauma and to... Um, well, I guess we should should mention that you know, in many ways, when we think about this splitting or this dissociation, mm -hmm. it it is oftentimes um, a method or a strategy that the brain uses to protect the person. Right. right. And so, you know, think about um, think about when you go to the dentist, or you mm -hmm. know what, think about a time when you're stressed. What right. is our one of our recommendations? You know. To imagine yourself in a safe place, mm -hmm. to imagine yourself in a serene, calm right. Um, right. Mm -hmm. uh, place that is free from from stress and, and right. chaos. Well, that is attempting to put yourself in somewhat of a controlled dissociative state, right. 
Well, when a, when a child is undergoing um, abuse, mm-hmm. many times what they will do is they will, their, their brain, in, a, in an attempt to protect themselves, right. their brain will kind of put them somewhere else and make them think of something else. And, uh, and, yeah. and that creates <clears throat> some of these uh, issues. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, we use this technique therapeutically, right. you know, where you separate something consciously, purposely, right. you separate, um, and then Freud, um, called them uh, defense mechanisms, right. you know, that mm-hmm. um, we all have these defense mechanisms to keep especially harmful mm-hmm. memories mm-hmm. or especially harmful events out of consciousness so that they don't bother us. Mm-hmm. But goodness, this is a strategy that we use right. in cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. and in uh, di- uh, dialectical behavioral therapy mm-hmm. where we consciously separate the person right. from um, unpleasant memories. So it's something that the brain is completely capable of doing. Right. It's just in one case we do it purposely and therapeutically, and in the case of dissociative disorders, it's your brain doing it for self-protection. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and so and it becomes a disorder, uh, as we'll talk right. about over the next couple of days. It becomes a disorder when it happens um, <clears throat> unconsciously or right. without your intent, um, or when it begins to interfere with functioning because you start losing time or because you are unable to function right. in some other capacity. Yeah, because we talked yesterday about taking that road trip right. on a familiar road right. and you get home and you can't remember the drive. You know, you right. did it, but you can't remember it. Um, similar to what people talk about when they have mm-hmm. a blackout is that they're able to right. do it, they just don't remember it. And that's the dissociation. Is the, One of them is a, is a dissociation with the memory. You, mm-hmm. you don't remember doing it. Right. Not a problem with a drive home because you drove safely. But it could be a problem if it was something that you really needed to remember right. and, and had forgotten completely about. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. So so mm-hmm. the so two of the main risk factors are the biological predisposition right. and, and just the immaturity and lack of emotional mm-hmm. um, skills, I right. suppose, emotional regulation skills in childhood. Right, and when you talk about a young brain, you're right. Part of it is that the, the adult brain isn't fully integrated until you're well into your 20s. Right. Okay, so that that's why um, mental disorders and drug uh, substance use and abuse during the teenage years mm-hmm. is so problematic because the brain is still going through this really active period of development and myelination. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of bad things can happen when you get that many moving parts. Right. Um, and that certainly is what's happening during throughout childhood. I mean, there's only one little period where there's a little bit of quiet in the brain, but the rest mm-hmm. of those years from birth to, or from about age two and a half to about age 20, very active periods of brain development. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of bad things can happen. Right. Um, so the brain is not well integrated, so it can be fragmented mm-hmm. more easily as it can be depressed more easily and right. made anxious more easily because all these disorders appear, typically appear during adolescence right. you know, and not surprisingly. Um, but um, once you get to the adult years, mm-hmm. okay, you may have recovered memories, but there again, we have to be very careful right. with recovered memories. Right. Um, but I like your notion that the trauma has to be significant and usually long-term, right. okay? Not a single episode, right. not a single event. Absolutely. This, is, this has to do some damage sure. in order to create this kind of separation. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and, and that, that certainly isn't to say that it can't with right. a, with a really no. se- mm. severe, with a severe, serious right. single episode, uh, but it's much more likely with, with mm-hmm. chronic abuse. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's, 
you know, that, that's as much really as we know. As we know about um, this. You know, overall, as it relates to dissociative disorders, because again, as we've talked about a couple times already, right. this is a this is a class of conditions that's not very well uh, known. We 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 have some research on it, but it's there's a lot of um, uh, skepticism and a lot of um, you know right. concern. Um, and the nomenclature keeps changing right. with this. We've we've gone from multiple personality disorders to um, identities, so. This is a changing field, and we know frightfully little about right. it. And one of the problems is that, that it expresses itself in unique ways mm -hmm. from individual to individual because the memories were unique. Okay, okay. Right. and so this has been a um, an un unwieldy topic mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um, to do um, fairly consistent, systematic research on it. Mm -hmm. So we know much less about this than the yeah. other disorders. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So. All right, well, tomorrow we're going to talk about some of the subtypes oh, of, right. of dissociative ah. disorders. Finally, and we get into subtypes. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and uh, we've kind of thrown around a few names right. over the last couple of days, but tomorrow we're going to kind of dive in and Bring to some the DSM-5 and right. uh, let you know a little bit more about the specific mm -hmm. diagnoses. So. Bring some order to that chaos. Absolutely. Okay. All right, until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. Mm -hmm.